We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com podcast. We are live taking your questions and comments over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. As you know, our new schedule for the offseason, Mondays, Wednesdays, we go live at 8 o'clock Pacific time, Fridays, 2 o'clock, maybe going a little bit earlier this week, but we'll see. May have some travel plans in there. But in general, three live shows a week for the offseason, at least until we get into the dog days of, say, August, something like that. But thank you for all of you that are joining me live right now. We do have a number of Lakers Nation staffers coming in to celebrate the demise of the Boston Celtics. And, of course, we have plenty of Lakers to talk about as well. We need to talk about uh, the Lakers' free agent targets. We've got a whole list of players that we're going to dive into. We're going to talk a bit about trade opportunities and things like that as well. But let me bring in some of the guys here. We do have Sean still coming in, but for the moment we have Ron Gutterman and Matthew Optimus Peralta. Guys, they're gone. Woo! <laughs> we did it, folks. Yes! Uh, we did it. We can exhale and watch the finals uh, with joy. Yes. Uh, that now that the Boston Celtics are not a part of it. Let's go Asian American Pacific Islander month. What a great way to cap it off for me. <laughs> there you go. That's that's what this is. Uh, and, and you're right. As far as Eric Sprolster goes, he I mean, what a phenomenal job. But for me. This means a stress free NBA. Puts. I don't care if it's Denver. I don't care if it's Miami. It's not going to be the Celtics. And that's, look, if it can't be the Lakers, obviously my my preference by far would be that the Lakers are still there. But it can't be the Lakers. So thank goodness that it can't be the Celtics either. I'll take it. I'll take that. And there's, there's Sean Davis coming in. Sean, the Celtics are going home. And they don't have to drive very far because they just lost on their home floor. Thank you, Miami. Doing? What was that? I feel great. Thank you, yeah. Miami, for not choking. Thank Just you. Just saying thank you, Miami, for not choking. So let me ask you guys this. Obviously, like, anybody would prefer to go to seven games than get swept. But emotionally, is what Celtics fans are going through right now worse than what Lakers fans went through getting swept in the Western Conference Finals? 
I'm going to say yes. And I think there's more context to be had because the Lakers uh -huh. weren't even supposed to make the Western Conference Finals. The Celtics came into the year as a title favorite. So I think I think for the Celtics fans, it has to feel a little worse, especially losing game seven at home. That that just has to hurt. I also think there's a little bit of like they got both the emotion of a sweep and a game seven loss because they were down 3 0. Mm. Like they had to deal with the 3 0, like our season's dead emotion. And then they storm all the way back, game seven at home. And now they have to deal with the game seven at home loss emotion. That's like, that's just doubly painful. And, and a blowout loss at that. Easily I mean, look, point. here's, I'm. Like, I was shocked, obviously, pleasantly surprised, I should say, that Miami won this game. I thought for sure Boston was going to win it. I put my reverse jinx out there on Twitter. I will take credit. It worked. You're welcome. Um, but when I'm looking at at this, I, number one, I, I, feel, I feel awful for my good friend Keith Smith, who, despite being a Celtics fan, is a legitimately good dude. But other than that, I, I, I have to think this is, this is, like, incredibly painful to go through like worse than getting swept because this, the context of this was the Celtics were the heavy favorite going into the series. Like everyone was picking them to beat Miami and rightfully. So then as Ron was saying, Miami goes up three Oh, and people go, Oh, it's over. And it's like, you gave them, it's like Hawkeye, right? You gave them hope. You gave Boston hope only to tear their hearts out right at the end and do it in devastating fashion on their home floor. That is, that's the stuff of nightmares. Like Celtics fans are gonna are not gonna recover from this for a long, long time. Great, I love to hear that. Say it again for me, please. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh man, this this helps so much in terms of just the finals, how watchable the finals are gonna be. Um, let me ask you guys this: What's your pick? For the finals, now that we know Denver and Miami, I have literally picked against Miami in every series. Every all the way going all the way in the play-in, I've picked against them in every series, and all they've done is proven me wrong. I don't know if I can pick them over Denver, though. Despite that, I'm gonna let Ron incoming first, Denver and three pick from Ron. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, I saw I saw the tweet, Rob, but you can you can enlighten the other guys. Yeah, I got nuggets in five. Um, obviously, the whole like I get the point of, you know, Miami, they keep they keep winning these series. They're not supposed to win. So maybe they'll do it this time. Um, like if the Bucks had Giannis healthy for all of those games, that series probably goes a different way. And this isn't to discredit what the Heat have done. It's just like providing some context. The Nuggets are the best healthy team that they've seen by a pretty wide margin. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I see it going that way. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say the heart wants heat in six because they have just been such a fun story yeah. this playoffs, he, but it would be a better story. I yeah. Especially as the number eight seed winning a finals, right? That that's just amazing. But I, man, I was, I, I think I'm going to pick nuggets in six. I think Nuggets and five might be the right answer, but I'm, I'm going to go Nuggets and six because I have respect for Eric's bolster and what the Heat have done. So I'm going to give him an extra game. All right. Sean, what are you going with? Same. Nuggets and six. Nuggets and six. Nuggets yeah, and six. I, I just, I, I see, I would prefer, I'm going to be pulling for Miami to win it. I don't really, doesn't matter to me really, but I will, I will root for Miami. I think they're going to be the underdogs going into the series. 
And um, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Nuggets and. You know, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say that Jimmy turns this into a seven-game series again, and we're, I'm going to say Nuggets in seven. Ooh. I'm going to say Nuggets in seven. We'll see. We'll see. But I'll also say this, um, and that's me optimistic for getting more basketball. That's part of it, too. If I had to put money on it, that's not what I would bet, but that's that's me trying to put that into the universe. Um, I do wonder how out of gas is Miami going to be now. A, a relatively quick turnaround and have to go play at altitude in Denver, that's that's not going to be an easy job. Like, it would not shock me at all if they're going back to Miami down 0-2. I, I think that's kind of the expectation. Yeah, I, I think that's what I'm projecting. Nuggets have had, what, a week and a half of rest? They've just they're, been... they're also undefeated at home this playoffs, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. So here's a, a trade question. It comes in via Super Chat. Would you consider <laughs> a trade package... Of Jalen Brown and Robert Williams for Anthony Davis. Now, Keith and I have been talking about this a lot on the um, uh, on the front office show. That essentially, if the Celtics give a supermax offer to Jalen Brown, which they now can do because he made second team All NBA, if he says no, they immediately have to trade him. Like have to start exploring trade op- options because that means he's gone no matter what. He's not staying if he's turning down that money. So it's not. Like, I would be surprised if he turned down the money, but it's not also impossible for us to get into a scenario where Jalen Brown hits the trade market if he does say no. So Jalen Brown, Robert Williams for AD, are you guys doing that deal? If you asked me that two seasons ago, I would have strongly considered it. I think now I don't. Why is that? I I just, well, I mean, you've got, I mean, you just saw the AD playoff run, I think. That plus, you know, how much money Jalen's going to be owed. Plus, you know, Robert Williams with the injury concerns. I, I just don't think it's enough for me. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't I don't think either sides do this. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I don't I don't see why the Celtics would do this. And I don't see why the Lakers would do this. This feels like a kind of a loss for both both sides. <laughs> both teams say no. Yeah, I think that's where I land, too. I think that's where I land. Andrew says, I want Keith Smith on. Oh, come on. Keith is a good guy. I, I think we're being too impulsive with the D'Lo trade pushes. Keep him. His ceiling is still high. Um, how are we feeling about that, about D'Angelo Russell? Uh, every Lakers fan, every Lakers trade, well, just about, is sign a trade D'Angelo Russell right now. That's all I'm seeing on Twitter. Oh, how can we sign a trade D'Angelo Russell? Um, what are we thinking, guys? First of all, does is there much of a sign and trade market for D'Angelo Russell? The Mavs say no. And should the Lakers look to do that, or should they try to take advantage of the fact that he had a really poor Western Conference Finals and see if you can get him on a on a team friendly deal? Uh, I'll let Ron go first. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm my my number one thing is always uh, don't let a guy walk for nothing. Um, and in a sign and trade scenario, like, look, we could throw sign and trade scenarios out until the end of time, uh, but that requires cooperation from another team. It requires a player wanting to go to the Lakers enough to leverage that. Um, and all of the n- none of those things really seem super likely with any of like the top guys. We already have gone over why the Kyrie stuff is not happening. Uh, Fred Van Vliet. I, like I don't necessarily know why I would want Fred Van Vliet over D'Angelo Russell. I mean, um, you know, given the contract, I don't know. I, I just I wouldn't want to give him that. I think D'Angelo Russell is going to be more receptive to a shorter term deal 
which mm-hmm. I think is going to be kind of a, you know, a, a benefit. Cause I, I see him signing something in the ballpark of like two years, 50 million. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if that's the deal, then that's, I, I would prefer that. And you can trade him later. Yeah, I'm going to just echo everything Ron said. I think, one, you just have to keep the asset. You let D'Angelo walk for nothing. Um, that's just poor asset management. Two, you know, short-term deal. I think that both sides can agree he didn't have the best playoffs. So I think the front office has some leveraging power there in negotiations. So I think that's a factor. And then three, like, you know, uh, postseason, postseason aside, he had a really good regular season for the Lakers. And so if you just need someone to eat innings for the regular season next year while LeBron rests and you know doesn't have to carry the load i think d'angelo's the perfect kind of player for that so yeah i'm cool bringing it back if the numbers right and the years are right yeah 100 percent. i think that I, i've talked about this a lot recently that uh, the second worst thing you can do with the free agent is let them walk for nothing the worst thing you can do is sign them to a bad contract right because then you're then you've got that anchor so if d'angelo russell says four years max or i'm walking oh okay bye. right <laughs> then you've got no choice there if you're the lakers yeah, right then- you're not you're not doing that to yourself but if you can get him on, say, the contract that Ron mentioned, if it's if it's twenty five million two years, maybe even you can do seventy five mil three years with a team option on the third year, something like something like, like if you can get something like that done, great, great, and then and then you still have a trade asset post December fifteenth to potentially use, or maybe he plays great and you say you know we're not going to trade him, we're going to keep him. And you give yourself a lot of more a lot more optionality though if you do hang on to him rather than let him walk away. Um, Mitch, Trevor the Goat, way to come through with the post-game show because the Celtics lost. He put hashtag mama mentality. Hey, a couple of weeks <laughs> late, but he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a shout out Mother's Day right there. But uh, but this is not, this show is actually not, be, it's just a happy coincidence that the Celtics just lost. Um, we go live at this time during the, during the off season. 8 o'clock Pacific time. We go live to talk Lakers, and it just so happened that the Celtics lost the game in, in that point. So uh, it worked out well for us. Mortison said, Celtics don't have the toughness to win a championship. They should blow that team up. I don't think we need to like go d- do a deep dive into like what the future of the Celtics is here. But No, 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 Trevor. I, I think they should blow it up. I think they should trade Jason Tatum for sure. Clearly, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, injury aside, clearly wasn't great. The Los need, Angeles Lakers. Need, need, need to trade him, but the value's still high, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so what exactly, what do you guys think about, about their, their future? Like, like really, they're, they're not actually going to blow it up, but they're going to change some stuff, I'm sure. It's going to happen. They've definitely reached their ceiling as, like, as a team. It's clear, like... Look, in the last in the Tatum Brown era, they've been to three conference finals in four or four conference finals in six years. Um, they've like made that. they've made the finals once. So, like, this is clearly a very good team, but mm-hmm. it's clear that their ceiling is third best team in the NBA. About like it's clear that they're not really with this iteration of the roster going to jump to first and win a championship. Um, now there's something to be said about hey if we just run it back with a conference finals level team over and over again eventually something might break, break our way and we'll win one mm-hmm. uh, there's something to be said for that so that's why I'm like don't blow it up but definitely like some small some small adjustments especially as you know guys like Al Horford just get older and older and yep. uh, you know Marcus Smart at some point they're gonna have to make a decision on his future like 
Jalen Brown, obviously they're either about to trade him or hand him all the money in the world. Um, and that's going to be their team, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, like they're they're very close to being stuck with a team that they're pretty much just going to have to pray every year that something breaks their way in the conference finals. Um, so they do uh, they do need to switch some things up a little bit, uh, but they definitely should keep keep the the core as as best together as they can because you're you've been in the conference finals more than you haven't in the last six years. Like only teams that employ LeBron James or Stephen Curry have been able to say that for the last like two decades. So like that's a pretty good thing and you want to be there. I was just going to say like that team has the makings of a contending team or a championship team. I think they just got to retool. So I don't think they need to blow it up per se, but as a Lakers fan, if they want to, by oh, all yeah. means blow it up and somehow say put less. Jason Tatum into, into LA, that would be, that would be ideal. Uh, Julian said stress free finals. Latrev. Yes, indeed. Stress free finals. That's right. Uh, what do you think of a trade package? Beasley and Mo for Tim Hardaway jr. And Dwight Powell. As I recall off the top of my head, I think Dwight Powell's a free agent. Yeah, look at those. So I'm not like right there. I'm not triggering a hard cap for Dwight Powell because we're talking about a sign and trade situation there. I'm not doing that. Uh, I like Tim Hardaway Jr.'s fit next to Reeves. Maybe sign and trade D'Lo and a first pick for Fred <clears throat> Van Bleet. Uh, maybe, but what do you what do you guys think about that that bit about Tim Hardaway Jr. as a target for the Lakers? I mean, I like the player fit for sure. Um, another guy that can space the floor for LeBron and AD. I mean, those guys are always good to have. He's still young enough. So, you know, you could feasibly grow him into the next iteration of the Lakers also if he, if it ends up working out. Um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't think he's like a, he's going to swing you too many series, but he's going to definitely be a nice player to have, especially because Malik Beasley basically gave you nothing this postseason. So it's hard to do worse than that. 17.9 I mean, million next season for Tim Hardaway Jr. 16.2 million the season after that. And then he's a free agent. I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. is a solid player. Uh, he's I don't think he's as young as you think he is, Matt. He's 31. Oh, never mind. Just kidding. Yeah, he's 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 a little older. Um, he's a solid like player. Yeah. He's obviously better than Malik Beasley. Um, but I don't know that the Mavericks would do that deal. Mm -hmm. I don't think they would either. No. Yeah. Also, he shoots 36% from three for his career. What percentage would he shoot for the Lakers? Oh, uh, you got to do the tax, right? Yep, got to have the tax. There's also, he also has some natural like roller coaster ebb and flow in his percentages throughout his career. I think he was like 38 this year, 33 last year, 39 the year before that, 34 the year before that. Like, mm -hmm. so you know, if he's a Laker, he's going to be on the 33, 34, and not the 38, 39. Let's see. What does basketball reference have to say to this? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hmm. I, I'm I, I'm fine with him as a target. I'm just not giving up a bunch to get him because I think he's exactly the kind of guy that you would come in and expect to shoot well and then wouldn't. And then we'd all be saying Lakers tax again. Um, and, and the Mavericks, I think, given what their situation is, they're going to have to go for some wins. So I think for them, like a Beasley and a first for Tim Hardaway Jr., which is what it would cost, um, like that's not really appealing to them because right. they don't really need a first. Like the Dallas Mavericks at this point, like, yeah, draft draft capital would be nice, but like they're, they're re-signing Kyrie. Like they're going to try to win basketball games, and Malik Beasley instead of Tim Hardaway Jr. just doesn't complete that goal. Uh, yeah, I fair, think I think the tenth pick, which is the Mavs pick, is the most likely pick in the draft to get traded. I think. Like, that, I, that I think they're sense. they're trading that. Maybe three, maybe to, Portland, maybe, maybe three. Portland, def- three, yeah. To defend Tim Hardaway really quick, though, the last three out of four years, he's above thirty-eight percent from three. True. Just, just can we can we really quickly just put to bed any Kyrie? Rumors. I don't want to talk Kyrie to the Lakers for the rest. What of the do you summer. mean, Sean? It's gonna happen. Haven't you seen all the reports? <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I've My been bad. saying it. I've been saying it on every show. Look, it's it's not impossible. It's not. But there are ways. But they're extremely unlikely. And so, if you are holding out hope for Kyrie to the Lakers, you most likely will wind up disappointed. Now, again, it could happen, but I also could win the lottery now i'm not saying the odds are quite that long but just because something could happen doesn't mean it's going to it is very very unlikely that the lakers are going to get kyrie irving and i just don't want a bunch of fans disappointed or even worse angry with front office going what are they doing why didn't they go get kyrie it's not likely that they're able to get him at all uh, for so many different reasons we won't get into all those right now that we've spent plenty of, plenty of time talking about him but i did ask you guys something i asked each of you to come to today's show with at least one, some of you did a little extra credit, one free agent that you would like to see the Lakers target with the word being realistic. Realistic free agent. So that means you're not going to hear Kyrie's name anywhere in this. Um, Matthew Optimus Dang Peralta, it. we're going we're gonna to start <laughs> with you. Now you want to go first because what if somebody else takes yours? I don't think anyone's taking Wes Matthews, Trevor. Oh my gosh! You were, oh, seriously? Did you really <laughs> no, say Wes Matthews? No, 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 no. no it's no, no, twenty thirty-five. It's all right. <laughs> tenth year, and it's, Matt the Optimus Peralta says, "I think Wes Matthews would be a really good fit." It, it's it's the brand. What do you mean? <laughs> no, okay. So I, I did have a couple options that I think are, and and these are guys that I think are like good fringe ads. Mm-hmm. Um, not not world beaters. Not not even guys that I would be, I, you know, I just don't think they're going to be exciting or sexy names that people have been thinking about. Like, I'm sure you guys have them. I saw Trevor had his list out on Twitter today, too. I think we should set this up, too, mentioning that we don't know for sure whether the Lakers will have cap space, whether, that was which, also is, which is unlikely. Experience. The yep. taxpayer mid-level, which is $5 million, or the full mid-level, which is going to be $12.2 million. We don't know which one of those the Lakers will have. It's going to depend on other decisions that they make. So I think that's just important context for this discussion. Sorry, Matt. No, 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 no. That's good. Because I mean, like my first option, like the dream scenario is Max Drews. 
-hmm. I think that would be a fantastic add for the Lakers. We're seeing what he can do in the playoffs. Starter level rotation guy can shoot the ball. I think that would be a great add for the Lakers. So he's like the dream scenario for me. But if we're going down like the barrel of like free agents, I'm looking at second draft guys or even third draft guys at this point. Guys like, you know, Justice Winslow. I think that would be an interesting add. Mm -hmm. Um, O'Shea Brissett from Indiana. I think that's also a decent flyer to have at the end of your bench. And then if we want to just corner the Japanese market, I think Yuta Watanabe would be awesome <laughs> on like a veteran minimum. So there's are my choices. He shot the ball pretty well this year. Can think you can get him for a veteran minimum? I don't know because I don't think he played in the playoffs much, if at all. So yeah. I mean, the Nets didn't play much in the playoffs. That's also yeah. fair. <laughs> that's, that's true as well. That's true as well. So you <laughs> did more of a deep dive, like, hey, who could be like a uh, you know tenth, eleventh, twelfth man or something? And it's it's because of yeah, and it's exactly what you laid out. I wasn't exactly sure what tools the Lakers were going to have at mm -hmm. their disposal in free agency. I also like eliminated just any like trades because I think you can do a lot of stuff with that. So if I'm just looking strictly at unrestricted free agents where the Lakers can outright sign guys, I think those are some decent options. There's also an honorable mention for Josh Okoji. I, I think that would be a fun ad for the Lakers too. Okay, some some good picks there. Good picks there. All right, let's jump over to Sean uh, while he's in here with us. Sean, Jeez. who are you going with? Um. I, I can't top Max Drews. That's a really good one that I didn't think about. I would mm -hmm. love Max. Really good, like, just team defender, and then obviously his three-point shoot ability. I'm going to go Josh Richardson. Not sure That's how feasible that is. And, again, it's kind of tough because you don't know what the Lakers going to have to work with this summer. But Josh Richardson, decent uh, ball screen navigator defensively, 42% on corner threes this season. Throw that into the Lakers. All, throw that into the Lakers team in general. You're in a good spot. Um, Jackson Hayes was one that I think you could get for pretty cheap as a backup big would be kind of interesting. Um, those are probably my top two. I do like the Yuta pick. I do also like the Akoji pick that Matt threw out as well. But those are probably my top two, like Jackson Hayes and uh, Josh Richardson. All right. All right. I like them. And so far, I think we're checking the box in terms of realistic options. Nobody that's that... Nobody that were, you know, over the moon. Oh my gosh, Lakers are winning championship now if they get this guy, but some realistic targets. Ron, I know you told me you picked one for each category, a cap space guy, a mid-level exception guy, and a taxpayer guy. Um, yeah. who, do you, who do you bring? Hey, I've done I've done a little bit of research here. Uh, I'll start with the cap space guy just cuz it's the least likely scenario. Uh -huh. Um, but Harrison Barnes, uh, he is probably due for around 15 to $20 million per year based on just what I've seen. Um, and so if they had the cap space, which is that's around what they would have if they were able, if they became a cap space team. Um, but that's unlikely. So I'm moving on from that. Uh, if they have a, a non-taxpayer, the full mid-level around 12 million, I'm looking at Bruce Brown Jr. Oh. Who I was dying for last summer. Oh, and everyone kept saying he's not going to get the mid-level exception. He's not. Not me. No, and we were yeah. all in on Bruce Brown coming to the Bruce, Lakers. Well, Otto so, Porter Jr. was our guy, but Bruce Brown was up there as well. So yeah. why pay Bruce Brown $6 million and you can pay him $12 million the next year? Uh, <laughs> I would do that. Um, and then my – this is – I'm not sure if this is uh, taxpayer mid-level. Like I've heard different things. But uh, another Miami Heat, Gabe Vincent. Oh, that's um, an interesting ooh, one on my list. Did you too. get him for taxpayer? That's what I that's why I left him off. He's, I'm in not like sure. the, he's in like the seven to nine range from everything I've talked to people about. And I'm like, that's right on the precipice. Maybe he takes because the taxpayer mid-level is going to be a little over seven million. 
Um, so those are kind of the three guys that I'm looking at. Um, you know, I, I, I like the uh, I, I like the Max Struess pick, although I think he's a little bit going to be he's, above. He's going to be a little bit pick. above, I think so. Yeah. Um, I think like Tory Craig is an option. I think I like the Josh Okogi pick. Um, you know, and any of those Phoenix Suns role players that you probably shouldn't be your fourth best player, but if they're your eighth best player, they're really good. Mm-hmm. TJ Warren, you know, there's a lot of guys. All right. That brings it to, to me. Um, I think the name that I've heard the most or seen Lakers fans asking for the most, it's our old friend, Brooke Lopez. Uh, I don't see how they get him and by, for, for, for the mid-level, even the full mid-level. I don't think that's getting it done. Yes, he's 35, but he was just in the running for defensive player of the year. Could have made the argument that he should have won it. Uh, he would be a phenomenal fit. Phenomenal. I'm still beside myself that the Lakers that he said, hey, I'll take less to stay because Disneyland's right there. And the Lakers said, no, thank you. Um, uh, Just madness. But in any event, I don't think the Lakers have the ability to get him on a mid-level. I think he gets more than that. But nonetheless, that's the kind of pie-in-the-sky dream scenario. Realistic targets with the mid-level, Christian Wood and Nas Reed. And look, Christian Wood has been my guy for years. I've always been intrigued by the length that he possesses, the offensive versatility that he possesses, and what that might look like combined with Anthony Davis. I am less high on him now after seeing the way things went in Dallas where I expected him to just thrive, and it just didn't quite ever really get going. He was still good, and some argued that Dallas needed to play him more. Some argued that his his temperament wasn't great in in the locker room and all these things were happening. So there's enough there to where... I'm not sold on that's that's the guy that you have to get, but he's still an interesting fit that you could add in. And then Nas Reed, look, this is kind of like going with the Bruce Brown example, right? We do like, okay, the Buffalo Bills, we're getting run over by Damian Harris all the time. And so what do they do? They went and signed Damian Harris. The Lakers had got crushed by Bruce Brown. Hey, let's go sign Bruce Brown. Same thing for Nas Reed. He always seems to blow up against the Lakers. I don't know why. But he just does. He can shoot the three a little bit, give you something as a as a big man there. He's still very young. I want to say he's 23, 24 years old. He'd be a nice addition as well, particularly with I ran this poll the other day, guys. I said, what is it the Lakers need most this offseason? Guards, wings, or bigs? And bigs won by a mm-hmm. lot. Um I'm not surprised. It's I'm not surprised. Team. Once again, we're back. We're back. I'm not surprised. Centers are back. So I've got Nas Reed up there as well on my list. Um, Another one that I'll throw out there, though. And so I don't have necessarily a good taxpayer mid-level guy. You guys nab some of mine that that I have on my list here. But, oh, no, wait. Actually, I do. Trey Lyles, I think, is interesting. I think he'd be an an interesting fit. Um, But let me throw out a name. Should the Lakers not retain Dennis Schroeder? Give me Ooh. some. Give me some Javon Carter. Oh, as we a, went as in, a replacement. Game. We I'm went. Game. We went. We went in different directions there. What did you? Where were you going, Matt? Shake Milton. Oh, I like that one I'm as well. Game. That was one that was on my radar as well. Man, remember when Shake Milton made Paul George his his child? Crazy game. How much that, do we that, think? Go ahead, Matt. No, no, no. I was just going to say, like, I wanted to talk about Dennis Schroeder insurance in case he gets more in for agency than the Lakers are willing to give him. I think Shake Milton is a good option. Um, and he's I one that was definitely Dennis, on my list. Dennis is the most likely receiver of the Lakers taxpayer mid-level. Yes. Would you guys be mad about that? 
No. No. I don't think so either. No. I think you got it. Especially right. the, the taxpayer. We're forgetting the taxpayer this year is five million. Mm-hmm. So that's like, that's more than fine. Are you realistically getting a better basketball player than Dennis Schroeder for five million dollars? Like, no. again, like you know, a guy like I, we we've thrown out a couple names here, but like realistically, are you getting a better basketball player? No, probably not. No, especially because this 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 class is weaker and there's just more money to be had. I just feel like not yeah. those guys are going to get overpaid. There's a lot of teams uh, in the league right now that like literally have to spend. Yeah, like, exactly. Someone's going to get money. So like all the anyone who's even remotely good is getting paid, uh, which is why like and you know Nas Reed he's probably not he's a he's like a full mid level guy like in the mm-hmm. ten to twelve range ten twelve yep mm-hmm. um so it's I mean these are all these are all fun names it's just it's tough when we don't even know like the Lakers have so many different directions they can go in as to what type of team they're going to be in terms of the tax that it's um it's hard hard to can say. I just can I just say one thing real quick. I am so proud of all of us for not picking Dylan Brooks. You guys, <laughs> the best staff. I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. Was, no, my list. Ron, don't, 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 don't. No, I wrote Ron, it down, but didn't say it, oh, and then I deleted it. <laughs> I deleted it. Could you? Imagine? I literally, I was writing names down, and I wrote his name down, and then I finished my list, and I was looking at it again, and I was like, Nah, I can't do it. <laughs> I deleted it. <laughs> Some people in the chat are throwing out Dante DiVincenzo. No way, he's in the Lakers range, right? I highly doubt it. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo is probably in the um, like full he mid level. Not, above, yeah, right? he took full mid level. Yeah, I'm I'd, pretty sure. It'd be great if they can get him. Um, oh, he's sure. a guy I literally, I, we were doing the draft. I don't even remember what the year was that he was drafted. But in my draft preview for him, I wrote something to the effect of he is a Lakers style player in terms of just the the heart, the hustle the, that he plays with the other guys, man. Right? It's yeah. just, he just, he's, he's good. I would definitely like to see him brought in. But I think we came up with a pretty good list of some realistic targets. But as Ron said, it's hard to know exactly. Like in years past, we've known, okay, the Lakers have this to spend and that's it. There's really three different paths they could take here. And actually there's really a fourth path. Potentially, if the Lakers were to pick up the option on Malik Beasley, if they Mm -hmm. were to guarantee the contract of of, uh, Mo Bamba at 10.3 million, you re-sign D'Lo, you match on Rui, you match on Austin, you could very quickly find yourself in super tax territory. Second apron. And no longer have a taxpayer mid-level or anything to go spend. That's also a possibility. We're super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. They are suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self, an expression of your personality. They're more than meets the eye, but also, therefore, the athletes. Do you run? Do you golf? Do you train? You want to look like your favorite athlete? Guys like Lamar Jackson, Debo Samuel, Aaron Jones, the backbone of my dynasty team, Justin Jefferson? Well, then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today and listen up because it's officially almost summer which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today personally i love the holbrook sunglasses just a very classic look and comfortable fit for wearing around town every single day and Oakley even offers prism lens technology. What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want more? No more? 
I know you do. So head over to oakley.com and do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday sunglasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information. Yeah, I mean, you could you could pick up the option on um, on Beasley and Bamba, trade them for a guy making $30 mm-hmm. million, and now you're just now you're out of it. And, and that's fine because you have a good basketball player, assuming. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, there's a, there's a lot of different ways here. And that second apron is fascinating. There's some teams out there that you think are not second apron teams that are wildly second Mm -hmm. apron teams like the Atlanta Hawks. There's a real chance the Atlanta Hawks don't have a taxpayer mid-level, which like, man, you're a first round exit team that, that can't get a mid-level. You just, it's, that's tough. So all of this, and you're right, That's this is going to be a really interesting factor this summer. How do teams manage this? Because the new CBA, it this this whole, we're calling it the super tax, the second tax apron, whatever you want to call it, it is so punitive. Um, like the NBA, they really, really wanted to go after teams that are spending a lot and like got an extra part, like on the way out, like kicked them a few more times on the way down by saying, yeah, we're, we're going to take your pick seven years from now and bump it all the way back to the back of the first round uh, automatically. If you're exceeding it for so many years, all kinds of stuff that's in there, teams aren't going to want to deal with it. So it'll be interesting to see how teams handle that. But I'm also looking at this off season thinking this Lakers team's pretty darn good. Yep. They showed that they were the number one record in the Western conference post trade deadline. Um, but I think they need one piece. You need to walk out of free agency and or the trade market with one true difference maker and everybody else needs to just fit in their roles. I'm not saying an all-star. I'm talking about a below all-star tier play. I don't know that getting an all-star is possible. Certainly not on the free agent market. But when we're talking about these guys that are potentially out there in free agency, is that one guy that can be a difference maker available for the Lakers in free agency? Because I think that's important for our discussion about trades. There's a relationship analogy in there somewhere. I, I'm still looking for it. <laughs> I, I'm confident <laughs> you will find it. It's I'm confident. I have you're, basically, you're basically asking as the one there for the Lakers in free agency. <laughs> 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 um, honestly, I feel like what... If this is how I, I laid it out in my head, I kind of feel like if you just ran the team back exactly how it is now, pick up the team options, re-sign all the guys, and then find that guy at the trade deadline in February, I feel like that's a pretty optimal situation for the Lakers. Because looking at the free agency list right now, there aren't a ton of guys that I'm looking at going, yeah, they get this guy, they're definitely going to win a title. I, mm-hmm. I think that person's going to present themselves at the trade deadline. Because again, like depending on how how the, the season goes for certain teams, certain guys can become available that you didn't think were going to be like six months ago. So yeah. I'm of the mindset that the Lakers should run this team back and then try to see if there's an upgrade available next year. And why not make the argument that you already have two of those game changers if you just re-sign them in Austin and Ruby? And then to Matt's point, run it back, or at least run most of the team back. And then there's a player that we don't know yet that's open in February. Then you still have tradable salaries, and some assets available to go get that player, and that could be mm-hmm. your game changer. But I think at the start of the season, I wouldn't be opposed at all to bringing back 90% of this team 
and saying, okay, give them a full training camp, give them yeah, the first much. half of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And see what there's she even, does. There's even a world where Lonnie Walker is like available for the, the non-bird race. I was going to say that. I feel like that's yeah. kind that's of his argument, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, they gave him $6 million, uh, They can give year. him 7.8 this 7, year, I believe. 7.8. There is, that is that's absolutely fair. feasible. That's fair. Um, given how, given how the season kind of went for Lonnie and mm-hmm. like, I think Lakers fans, and this is not a disrespect, Lonnie was great in game four, uh, and he was really good against the Nuggets. Uh, game four against the Warriors, I should say. Uh, but, like, I think Lakers fans have kind of overinflated what Lonnie Walker is in the realm of, like, NBA circles. I agree. Um, like, 7.8 is is probably fair uh, for him. I don't know that he gets more. Like, we're talking about a guy like Nas Reed getting 10 to 12, a guy like Max Struess getting 12 or so. Like, Lonnie's not those dudes. Like Lonnie doesn't have more value in the NBA mm-hmm. than those dudes. So I, I would think Lonnie is is realistic to keep. And at that point, uh, you know, if you do have to lose Dennis for whatever reason, if you do have to lose whoever, you you do have him as a fallback. Dennis or Lonnie? Oof. Dennis. Mm, Dennis. 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 Yep. I, I go I, Dennis. I, I like defense. But I'll tell you this: if Constantly. Lonnie will take that seven point eight million. I'm pushing to get as many years as I can on that deal. Sure. That's a good that's a good contract to have on your books. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Let's absolutely. Just, let's just and get he's got upside. Rights, guys. Let's get full bird rights. Really yeah. don't even care how it happens. Just get Wouldn't full bird rights on a basketball player. If you told me you got Lonnie for three for twenty-four, essentially, that's that's a pretty damn good deal. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. And I just like you know, we, we've talked about this a lot, too. Um, I'd just like to point out the difference in what the Lakers are having to deal with versus a team like, I'm going to take a very random example, but the New Orleans Pelicans, um, they have a team option on Herb Jones for $1.7 million. <laughs> How sick would that be if Austin Reeves had a team option for $1.7 million right now? What are you talking about, God, thank, thank God the, the Rob Palenka rule exists the, now. the Lakers couldn't do that. What do you mean? In, what, instead what you, of what us talking now about? talking about a four-year, seventy-million-dollar offer that he's about to get, if not more, if not more, like how cool would that be? Mm. I don't know, Ron. I, you're speaking too many things that I don't think the Lakers could have done. There's no yeah, way they right. could have done that. No way. No. They just they just had to get what was no. it? Uh, they had to they had to give that space to Lonnie. No, it was Kendrick Nunn. Oh, it was Kendrick Nunn. That's right. <laughs> Kendrick Nunn? I think it was Kendrick Nunn. It was Nunn or Monk. The ghost of Kendrick Nunn. Not only could they have done it, but like the like Austin would have said yes. Like he would have taken that. Because he had he was he was undrafted. It was all rookies too. Yeah. Like no rookie says no to that. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, well now okay, look. Now, with by the way, some of our listeners and, and viewers may not know, now there's a rule that comes in with the new CBA, which allows teams to give a third year to these undrafted guys Toronto and these yeah, it's, <laughs> it's being known as kind of like we've got we've got the Derek Rose rule. There's all you know all these different rules, right? This is known as the Rob Polinka exception. Yeah, exactly. Rob it rules. allows teams to give them that without having to dip into their mid-level exception. Uh, or, or anything like that, which is what teams had to do previously, use part of their mid-level exception to give a third year to an undrafted guy or a second-round pick. But now there is the exception that was created, and there it is largely, this isn't what it's actually called, but it's largely called the Rob Palenka rule because Rob was the one GM around the NBA who just refused to do this. And 
other teams were literally looking at the Lakers saying, what are they doing? Why would they, why would they not do this? Um, so now there's really no excuse. Whoever the Lakers draft in the second round, if they still have their pick, there's no excuse to not give them that extra year and yeah. have a, a under team control. You know that 47th pick is going to make like an $80 million contract in 2026, Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> With the Lakers now, scouting department. The question, yeah. the question becomes the 17th pick. Yeah. What, what's, what's, the, what's the plan? You guys trading well, that? Let me, let me ask you. Let's, let's add this to it. Mo Bamba, Malik Beasley. I widely expect the Lakers to be scouring the league, looking for any for a combination of those two guys, one of them individually or both those guys to get together plus mm -hmm. the 17th pick and seeing what that can get them. Mm -hmm. um, so if that's the package, expiring contracts in the 17th pick, can they get something valuable enough to make it worth moving it? Sean has been researching the draft extensively and has assured me that there are some really good players the Lakers could pick up oh, at 17. There's a bunch of guys yes. that I would love at 17. I've been looking at it at a two and I, I've not done as deep of a dive on it as Sean has, but what I've looked at, I'm like going, Oh, this could be really good. Is there something out there that would make sense for the Lakers to move that 17th pick? Um, can we call Brooklyn and ask for one of their wings? Can we call Indiana up and trade back? Like there's already they, that rumor going around. They have rumors already out there that they want to trade up. Would you do that? What is it? It was uh what do they have? Be 27 eight, and 26, I think. It's it's like Beasley and our first for, 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 for Buddy and they're 20 26, I think. Yeah, they have 26, 39, it was around 34 or 32. Yes, yeah, it's, it's another pick in the 30s. I'll I don't look it up. Uh, I'll look yeah, it I was up. gonna say. Um like, I would do it. Yeah, like call Indiana from, from everything I've like heard and read and looked at this draft um the the wide consensus is that from 11 to like 30 there's like it's no big drop off in talent yeah it's just a range yep. it's just really good it's solid players from 11 to 30 yeah um and so if you have 17 it's like if we had 25 we could probably get the same guy mm -hmm. or at least a guy of similar quality it almost feels so like an nfl draft yeah now, so Sean, Indiana has 26, 29, 32. So if they offer you, I mean, best case scenario, if they said 26 and 29 for 17, you're doing that then based on your... Based wait, on you're saying, I, get, right? I get two first? I get two? Hell yeah. Yeah, right? absolutely. The Lakers need cheap young talent post LeBron. Sure, I'm only it's a good way to do it. I'm only asking for 26 to 32. I get 29? Sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's more realistic. Shoot, I'll throw in 47 if you're giving me 26 and 29. I agree. Would you do the uh, if if Buddy Heald was in that like if you could do a Buddy Heald for Beasley swap? Would you pull out thirty two? Would you do seventeen for tw seventeen and Beasley for twenty six and Heald? Oh, heartbeat! I, I tweeted that. I got way too much like pushback on that on heartbeat. Twitter for some reason. I'm with Matt. Yeah, heartbeat. Bob Polinka's favorite NBA basketball player is Buddy, <laughs> it's Buddy Heald. Like, it's also Lakers Nation's favorite basketball player. He's, Buddy he's the one who got away. He really is. I, we've been talking about this dude for like three years, dude. I just yeah. need us to date so we can break up already. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. <laughs> no, to, you're good, Sean. Go ahead. To Matt's point really quick, it's almost like an NFL draft where I don't know, a name that I've gotten a ton from Lakers fans about who they want to take at Chris Murray. I mean, at seven, well, is Chris oh, Murray. Spoiler alert. <laughs> right? And in my opinion, I wouldn't take him at 17, but let's say you do this hypothetical buddy heel trade where it's like 17 and Beasley 
for Heald in 26. In my opinion, that's perfect Chris Murray range slash Maxwell Lewis range. And you're set. You get the guy you've been dreaming for hitting up their DMs for the past three years. And then you get the guy that you maybe want at 17. I don't know. I think it's perfect to trade down, in my opinion. Now, the the alternative to that is the player that I want the most at 17 that I think is the perfect fit for the Lakers at 17 will not be available at 28 or 26. Sure. Um, and Jordan Hawkins. Yeah. So, like, it would, you know, it would have to be taken for me to trade down. Can yeah. Like it's, it's, if, if Jordan Hawkins is sitting there at 17, you got to take, you take him. him. Yeah. If yeah. Jordan Hawkins gets taken at like 12, okay, now, all right, let's go. Then talk you make the move. Yeah. So we, that was who we wanted. He's um, the draft so darling this kind of what I was doing. Sean and I at some point are going to do a, a mock draft, uh, mock draft 2.0. We're going to record one. And I already know we're going to fight about Jet Howard because I do not like Jet Howard. <laughs> I mean, he's don't, he's, a, I don't he's like, a pretty controversial prospect this year. I like him, but I don't like him. I like, I like what he could be. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I hopefully I, I'm looking forward to that episode that you guys do because that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I just think this is you're going to have if you're going to trade seven, if you're going to just trade 17, you've got to get somebody pretty good. You've got I mean, yeah. the bottom line is somebody is going to be there that is potentially a rotation player for you. Um, and on a cost controlled contract, which matters in today's NBA, you would have to get something pretty good if you're going to move that pick really quick. Because I think it's a little bit different this year and considering where the Lakers draft pick falls. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be mad. I'm normally for sure best player available. Like, let's say Gigi Jackson's at 17. Okay. I'm not taking Gigi Jackson because I don't like the fit. I would take a more play, a, more of a player that fits this current Lakers team because this is probably LeBron's last year. I, so even though Gigi might be the best player available if he's still there at 17, me personally, I'm not taking him. I think this is a rare scenario where I think you go fit if uh, Gigi's there at 17. I don't know. The last time a team that probably should have gone best player available over fit, they ended up with James Wiseman in Detroit. So mm. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I think Which team are you talking about, Ron? Golden State. <laughs> oh, no. Man. The Warriors stupid. do everything right, Ron. What do you the mean? Stupid they are light years ahead. Light years ahead, Ron. Come on now. Ridiculous. Bridging, 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 competing in the future. Yeah, bridging it right, right up to a second round loss. Um, Spencer Evans gets into free agent target. Spencer Evans to get in a few more super chats here. It said Jay Huff and Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson is free agent targets. Thoughts? So former Lakers is the theme. You had the opportunity for Jay Huff, and uh, didn't seem to want him much. So I would be shocked if the Lakers pursued him now. But what do you think about Jordan Clarkson? None of us brought him up. He's probably going to be a free agent. Maybe an option with the full mid-level. Maybe. How do we feel about bringing Jordan Clarkson back to LA? Man. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't hate it. It's just it's not my priority. Like yeah. what 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 is he what does he bring that like the Lake I mean, look, I know the Lakers offense like struggled at times, but when you're when you have an offense that's kind of stagnant, you don't go and get another ball dominant guy who's gonna just dribble the air out of the ball. Like you, you gotta get you gotta get more spot up guys. Like that's that's how you do that. And Clarkson's not like an off ball movement spot up guy. He's a yeah. give me the ball and get out of my way, which yeah. like 
Lakers got enough of those. I think Lonnie on a good day is basically Jordan Clarkson. That's that's what I was just going to say. Would you rather have Jordan Clarkson on a multi-year deal that's full mid-level or Lonnie Walker for 7.8? Yeah, I mean, Lonnie, Rui, Reeves, LeBron. Like, these are all guys that like... Dennis, if you brought him back. Dennis, like, these are all guys who their best... Like, LeBron is different because he's amazing at everything. But, like, those are all guys who their best offensive skill is just giving them the ball and, like, having them do stuff while everyone else kind of figures it out around them. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want another one of those. Yeah, the Lakers need more connecting pieces, I feel like, in, in <laughs> offense. They just – they don't need, you know, more more ball-dominant guys like we've been saying, so. Um, Mamba Mentality said, F Boston, goodbye party at Sean's house, BYOB. Bring your own basketballs. That's it. That's it. Definitely what that means. That's it. Yeah, this is okay. uh, the this urban show. progressive shots fired at our own Sean Davis here. Said during one of Mo's first Lakers games, <laughs> he got in early foul trouble. I super chatted that we needed another center. Sean said we had Wenyan. Two months later, I'm catching a stray. I, I guess receipts. <laughs> receipts is nuts. Sean um, said we had Wenyan. <laughs> what what game doesn't, is doesn't love quite to know. hit the same as we have a Hulk, but um we have a Wenyan. We have a Wenyan. We have a Wenyan. But a Sean said we got, we got Mo Bamba at home, and the Mo Bamba at home is Wenyan Gabriel. <laughs> I I think that if you're looking at the other center options that were out there, mm-hmm. right, potentially to go add, you could understand why Wenyan would be the guy. Now it's different if Hey, specifically, we have to play against Nikola Jokic. Sure. That's a different conversation than we're making our way through the NBA season. We're going to see a Nikola Jokic once every 20 games, 30 games, whatever it is. Um, let's, we can rely on when you need to pick up these minutes rather than turn to uh, another center. But nonetheless, look. I do think the Lakers need more help at, at the center position. I do think they they need to find somebody. They need to find another big. Um, I don't think Wendy is the guy you can rely on because he's only playable in certain matchups. He's only he's just barely over two hundred pounds. He's just not big enough. I just want to know what game this is from. Like I'm very curious now. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, I'm looking at the centers right now. Like as unrestricted free agencies, as unrestricted free agents go. Like who? It's not who, pretty. It's not right. Like who, who? Who's out there? Alex Lynn, Mason Plumley. Yeah, Bismack I mean, Biombo. Yeah, I've got I've got Biombo on my list, <laughs> nice but space. I mean, really, like, oh, Dude, oh, 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 how about? Oh, I watched. I'm I'm not kidding. This is I like. I really want to stress that I'm not kidding and that I actually did this. Okay, I watched a Bismack Biombo highlight reel from his. Why? Why? Are you that bored? Because it was sent to me by a friend. <laughs> we were just joking around. And he said Bismack Biombo highlights go, and he sent me the video, and I sat and I watched. The whole thing. It well, was it could wild. have been very long. I was say, how long is it? You basically just told our editors you need more stuff to write. <laughs> no, it was crazy. I literally was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I felt so gross watching it. But he was really good in 2016, that 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 season with the Raptors. I mean, uh, there's not a lot. And that makes me wonder, do the Lakers just bring back Mo Bamba? And maybe you can just say, look, Mo, we're not comfortable paying you $10 million, right? You're not going to, you're not, and he's not getting that anywhere. So, yeah. But we do like you, and the other options that are out there on the market aren't great. Do you just can you bring him back on a minimum deal? I don't know. That'd be but if deal. that's if that's there, 
maybe you just do that. I'm surprised we're not getting more bring just just bring back Tristan Thompson. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> hey, he played some pretty good minutes in that Nugget series. He had he had like minutes. that three minute stretch. Yep. <laughs> Mamba Metalli, wow. Sean talked about the pros of moving down in the draft. I want to talk about the cons, and then he followed it up by saying the cons say your tar- targets are Hawkins, Howard, Murray. Rumor Hawkins goes earlier than expected. Warriors, Miami want those targets as well. Don't play with the draft. Beauty of going first is you get first dibs. Stay put, stay firm, and take best available LFG. I think that's what we said, no? Yeah, again, just yeah. to re-clarify, I probably didn't do the best of job doing this in the video that dropped yesterday or the day before because admittedly, I was more so spitballing and just throwing random ideas out. Look, if Jordan Hawkins is at 17, I'm taking Jordan Hawkins, and I'm not blinking. If Chet Howard is at 17, I don't know. It gets a little bit more interesting. Chris Murray, I'm not staying put at 17 for Chris Murray. I'll trade back to 24, 25 or whatever. You can still get Chris Murray, or you could probably get Max O. Lewis. So that's basically my point. Jordan Hawkins at 17. If he's not there, he gets taken three picks earlier. That's only in that scenario do I'm like, okay, let's experiment. Let's try to trade down. I like it. I like it. Um, and I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think you're actually on kind of the same page with Mamba mentality then. That's what I was going to say. I think he said exactly what we were talking about. Yep. Exactly. Shooter McGavin said, Lakers Nation, we lit. Superstar of the night goes to Jalen Brown. The Celtics had 15 turnovers. Jalen Brown had eight. There was a graphic where TNT was like, Miami (laughs) Heat, seven turnovers, Jalen Brown, eight. That's (laughs) That's nasty. That was gross. (laughs) Oh, here's here's another trade. Miles, oh my gosh. Oh, God. We're this again. Oh my gosh. This is is last summer all over again. Miles and Buddy... For Mo, Malik, Ovando, 17 Ooh. and three seconds. Indiana doesn't do this, right? No one does this. No one I does. I think, yeah. I think both teams hate this. Right. Right. I agree. I, think I agree. Pacers, I, I, I think the Pacers like where they're at. Like in terms I do of, too. I agree. In terms of what they have on the roster currently, I think they like where they're at. And like, if they can get away from Buddy for like a Malik Beasley, just like a straight swap, and they get a pick out of it, that's great. But yeah. I think they like where they're at. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't do this yeah. if I was them. And, and they got the the contract they've got Miles on is fantastic. It's that's fantastic. Such good value. Um, Austin Reeves. Someone who's using the name Austin Reeves, not actually Austin, said, what's up, guys? This won't sit well with many people, but the Lakers should try to sign Miles Bridges. I am just not even going to touch that. He's, first of all, I mean, even just beyond the, you know, the ramifications of doing something like that, the the morals of it, the ethics of it, um, he's, a, he's a restricted free agent. You're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. Uh, he's a restricted free agent. The Lakers don't have much cap space to go chasing somebody or anything like that. They're, they're not going to do that. Pass. I don't even have him on my list of guys to consider for for the Lakers. The LeBron James of feats and somewhere out there, Eric Lewis is crying. <laughs> oh, that's somebody, somebody check somebody check that burner account. How's that doing? Is it still up? <laughs> it says his brother. Know. Did you guys see? It's actually his brother running the He's, account. The, the account said it was it's his, always, his it's brother. It's always someone. Else. It's always someone related. Remember, like Colangelo, it was his wife. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always someone. You know. <laughs> Good times. Uh, Eric said, give Keith a warm hug from Lakers Nation. Shout out to Keith. Shout, Shout out to Keith. The only Boston fan I can say I like. Putting in work. 
And Keith is going to be hanging out with us uh, in Vegas too. So I'll buy him a we'll, drink. Uh, we'll buy him a drink. Yep. Huge. We'll buy him a drink. Uh, Celtics. This one says Celtics loss is a win. They came <laughs> back for nothing. I'm so happy. And he says it the whole thing in all caps and a bunch of exclamation points. That was basically at the top of the show. Yeah. Yep. There we go. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Maddie James said, if we can't find any really good pieces in free agency, do you run it back with the same guys to possibly just use in a trade further on in the season or trade for a big piece? Now, I, I think to the first question, the answer, and we talked about this a little bit already. Yes, I think you do run it back and try to keep that optionality moving forward of a trade. Specifically, when we look at a guy like D'Angelo Russell, just make sure it's a contract that you think is likely to be tradable down the road. Yeah, I think you run it back regardless. Like you start running it back. And mm -hmm. if you magically stumble into like a Max Struess for $8 million, which is not happening, um, like if you randomly run into something like that, you do it, uh, but you run it back. Like the, 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 the goal of the offseason is to run it back and maybe get like one decent piece on the margins. Yeah. Max Struess to be so good with this team, dude. I'm so glad uh, I brought his name up. He was like the you. first person he I was, thought of. He was who I wrote. I, that was the first name I wrote down when I was making my list. And then I texted somebody who like knows a little bit better what guys' markets are. And I was like, what is Max Struess's market? And he was like 15 million. That's what I pegged him at. I was like, ah. That sounds well, right. And then I sadly deleted his name. I said, okay. I, I had to include him as great. my dream scenario. Just just because. No, it, it, is, it is a dream. He was three for eight tonight, two for six. Only had to play 28 minutes though. And the heat were just rolling. Heat were rolling. Yeah. Man. It's crazy. That would be nice. Coming off a bit of a down year too. Like this wasn't, mm -hmm. this wasn't yeah. his best year, and he's still like everyone knows he's just he's just coveted. Oh, <laughs> oh, this is ambitious. She's okay. This but... is a trade. Oh, my my brain. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Okay. For the, All for the, for the people, <laughs> dude, the people listening to the podcast are gonna be so confused. So the Lakers land up land Dejounte Murray. Miles Turner and Alex Caruso. How is that Very. impossible? Uh, every, the Hawks trade. Love it. get healed. D'Angelo Russell. So they accept Yuck. him via sign and trade on a oh, four, four year. Four for 25. I'm assuming 25, 25 per year. But that, that means they trigger a hard cap. And then four first routers. So the Lakers give up two first. And Indiana gives up two first. Indiana gets John Collins and Beasley. Yikes! Ew. Why would Indiana give up two first so that they can turn Miles Turner into John Collins and Beasley? Oh, good lord! That doesn't make any sense. This and then Chicago gets Bamba and three seconds. Okay, can we just do this? Can we I cut have an idea. everything else out and except just that Bamba yeah. and three seconds for Caruso? For Caruso? Yes, like, that's not that's Deal. not egregious. I don't think no. the Bulls do that, but that's not egregious. And let's just cut everything else out of the deal because yeah. not. The rest Guess is what? not happening. Nikola Vucevic is also a free agent, so they'll need a center. What's he gonna get? What's Vucevic gonna get? I I feel like twenty million. -ish. Twenty. Twenty yeah. like a like a like a four eighty five something like that. Yeah. He's gonna get. Oh, someone's gonna throw four at him. The, the yep. spending this summer is going to be kind of nasty because there's just so many teams that like it's like, it's like 2016 again. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Like, like Antonio is about to spend a nasty amount. Like they're not going after Vucevic, obviously, because they're about to, I don't know if you know this, they're about to get a pretty good center. Um, Derek Lively? Yeah. Derek Lively, the second. Um, yeah. He's going to yeah. be uh, Zach Collins, bro. <laughs> outside of, outside of the Spurs, like a lot of those teams, like Orlando, 
has to. They're not going. They're not a Vucevic either because they kind of did that already. Um, but, they're done that, yeah. But like teams have to spend, and like Vucevic is going to be one of the beneficiaries of teams having to spend. What was that Tyler Johnson contract again? That was oh. filthy. Oh, oh four for eighty, I think. That was four the and the arenas rule kicked in on that. It was four for fifty. It was four for fifty. Um, was it? It was. It was four for fifty. But that was also the that wasn't just arenas rule. That was I think the the cap spike year too. That was the cap spike year. Yeah, yeah. that was the cap oh, spike. God. Which like, I mean, the Lakers are the the number yeah. one targets of the cap spike. They <laughs> the, cap day. Spike, the cap spike set back their franchise mm. by four years. Oh, it was <laughs> so, four years fifty. That was Luol Deng and Timofey Mozgov when those deals came out. That was disgusting. I, w- I mean, we all knew they were bad instantly. The moment it came out, everybody knew they were bad. Oh. And, and, but the problem was that was with the cap spike, people were like, well, wait a minute, but the cap's going up. And then they went, yeah, but it's still bad. Even with the cap going up, that's still awful. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, the cap has increased a ton since then. And Mozgov and Dang getting those deals now would be like, ridiculous it's still bad like right now it would be and the cap's gone up a ton since then uh myron said hey trevor wondering how you expect the second apron tax to affect the lakers this offseason and into the future i think teams are going to have to be very careful with how they build out their rosters i think that players on cost controlled contracts i.e rookies are going to become that much more important hitting on those guys is going to become important and i also think it means teams are going to start to squeeze players more to make sure they get team-friendly contracts because it is extremely punitive to go over that second tax, and I just don't think teams are going to be willing to do it. I think there's going to be some teams that start to dismantle a little bit this summer uh, in preparation for this Atlanta. situation. Yes, Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh, yep. I was I was I was mouthing Portland, but no, oh, that's tr- but Atlanta is 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 Atlanta should they're they're not going to over the second tax for this team for this no chance. It well speaking of Atlanta, bro. this super chat says Beasley Max. Uh oh, earmuff it, Sean. You don't want to hear anything about Max Christie going. Um, seventeenth pick for Dejounte Murray. You could have just um, muted the button on your computer. <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic. He took the headphones off. <laughs> he took the headphones off, and he's. Are we Wait, done? Also, the fact put my headphones back on now. We're done, Sean. The fact that he <laughs> took his headphones off but then still covered his ears when it's like, oh, you don't need to do that. Like, that was so unnecessary. <laughs> there was literally so many options. <laughs> Your mic has a mute button literally on it. <laughs> you can just you can just press Honestly, it. Honestly, the funny part is, Sean, you have to take your headphones back off because we didn't even talk about the trade. We were just making- <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not even done yet. You're gonna need to, you're gonna I, need didn't to want, I didn't want Sean to hear anything negative about Max Christie. I didn't think he'd be able to take it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We got to get Ron on here more. It feels like whatever oh Ron comes on, top five Laker Nation moments ever, every time. Let me unplug the cord, too. <laughs> You do what you got to do with the headphones, but Max Christie, man, he oh, probably shouldn't be traded in this deal. Um, okay. <laughs> Actually, Close. talking about this trade, there's Close given, the browser. given what Atlanta just gave up to get DeJounte Murray, there's no way a year later they turn around and trade him for the 17th pick and Max Christie, right? There's no, no, there's no way they do no. this. No, no. no. 
Oh my goodness. Landry Fields would be high if he did that. Close the browser's nuts. <laughs> he shuts down the whole computer. <laughs> restarts. He says, I, I don't want to do this. He, he shuts it down restart. manually, too. He doesn't hit shut down. He hits it manually because he <laughs> presses the power button. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Let's let's do my laptop on. It's off immediately. <laughs> Just throws away his monitor. <laughs> oh my gosh! I can't, the audio. I can't <laughs> wait till summer league. Try, try explaining that to the folks at like the Apple Store, or Best Buy, being like, "Yo, why do you need a new computer?" Well, they started slandering Max Christie, and I just can't. I can't so do it. Like, who? Like, they'll, who? They'll be like, he'll be like, Dejounte Murray is nice, but I love Max. <laughs> Best oh, Buy representative is gonna be like, who is this Max dude that made you tired. throw? <laughs> There's tears in my eyes, dude. I'm sweating. We're gonna do. We're gonna I'm do one more. My eyes. <laughs> Last one. <laughs> Three. Is there a way we can get rid of everyone not named LeBron, AD, Rui, and Austin? Yeah, pretty easy. Yeah, easily. <laughs> You just don't bring him back. I mean, like, Max would be easy to move. If you <laughs> the question's Sorry, Sean. funny. I'm just laughing. Trevor, Trevor's so – we're all dying. Trevor's so casually trying to answer this I'm question. Trying. And the first I'm thing, trying. The first thing that comes out of his mouth is, yeah, you just don't bring him back. <laughs> Did you guys notice I hit the mute button on my mic and didn't have to take off my, my headphones? <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is the he last said, like four minutes of this show. Will no one will ever point to the this this as examples of good podcasting? But we that's are, okay. we are I don't know. I think it's pretty great. We are, we, are we are not winning awards for the last six minutes of this. <laughs> no. Trevor, Trevor said, "Is there a way we don't bring him back?" Yeah, you just don't bring him back. I mean. He offered, that most he of those guys no are free agents. Strategy. He just said, don't bring him back. Just don't bring him back. He said, you no just change, you change the locks on the door when Max <laughs> shows up at the facility. It's really that simple. I mean, it you really, it really would come down to just, you just don't sign the free agents. And <laughs> you trade Max in the 17th pick. And that's, that's it. That's it. And that's then it. you that's just you roll out LeBron, <laughs> Rui, and Reeves go four on five the rest of the season. And you just. Hell yeah. Play ball. I mean, that's essentially oh, what happened man. in the Denver series. That, <laughs> yeah, look, that is. Denver series was. Look, we don't need to talk about the Denver series. Ron, have you been that. on since the Denver series? I feel like we haven't gotten enough of my Ron Gutterman victory lap. No, I, I haven't been on a live show since the end of the Denver series. I did a, I did like a short video with Trevor about Kyrie Irving, which mm-hmm. like I didn't need to talk about Denver there. Um, haven't been on since the end of that series. I did my Twitter victory lap though. It was a great time. I haven't been on a live show since I think before. I'm, and I'm going to be completely it. honest with you. I'm I'm outing myself here. I I drafted up that victory lap after game two. I said this thing over. I had no Jeez. I had no faith. I said this thing is over. Wow, wow. Not doing yourself any favors, Ron. <laughs> right, look, look. I was I was right. So I don't really uh, I don't really care. <laughs> He's not wrong. We gave we gave Ron a lot of crap behind the scenes. <laughs> About Denver and five. Gabe, Gabe in the past tense is crazy because I'm still getting mentions about it. <laughs> I, I, hey, man, you deserve it. That was a ballsy call. Somehow fell short still. Yeah. It was a Denver to sweep. Yeah, somehow Ron was still wrong. <laughs> no, literally, I, I, and I said Nuggets in five, and you guys gave me so much crap that I literally changed my pick to not be flamed on the internet. 
and I was still flamed on the internet. We bullied, we bullied Ron into being more wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, that's crazy. I could have been, I could have looked like the sharpest dude on the planet, and I let you guys talk me out of it. I think one of the Nuggets beat writers had Nuggets in five too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so. yeah, Harris, Harris yeah. Went. Harrison went. Yep. Mm -hmm. Was your pick Nuggets in seven? You on changed the show? it to Nuggets in seven. Yeah. yeah. Jeez, we bullied Ron. Should have said Nuggets in three and a half, dude. <laughs> three and a half is nuts. You would have been closer than Nuggets in five. Yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that's true. All the Lakers but... fans just need to take off their headphones after this. Let's, take off their headphones and plug their ears. <laughs> <laughs> let's. Um... Someone please take that and snip it and then give it to Sean to change his profile. <laughs> just, just this. <laughs> I will do it. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> you Let's call me. it a show there before anything gets any more crazy. Yeah. But um, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for joining us. Obviously, a good night that the Celtics lost. Heck, yeah. We had a, we had a little bit of fun. Sean had to earmuff it with his headphones for just a bit. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for joining us. We're going to be talking Lakers offseason here uh, all throughout the, the summer. Of course, make sure that you do come back Wednesday night, 8 o'clock Pacific time. We will go live again, and uh, and we'll be talking about all the latest going on in the world of the Los Angeles Lakers. So, again, make, make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. All right, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. Nice to have all four of us here. This is fantastic. Thanks, guys. Yep. Somebody called us the Fantastic Four in the chat. All right. I agree. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.